Stewart. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Rachel. How's it going? Oh, it's good. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're recording the podcast. That's right. Um, and we are going to be walking through her story today and just chatting about her life and whatever else comes up. All right. There is a screaming child next door. I'm hoping that it does not pick up on the recording. Well, you can just tell them we're at my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, there also might be screaming children. Um, okay. So, I feel very, I feel very free that it's only you and I talking. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what will happen. I think it will be exciting. Um, uh, Ian could not make it today because we had to record on another day because schedules got moved around, blah, blah, blah. Everything is flexible. We're in a global pandemic. <laughs> that's really that's the really theme of 2020. Everything is flexible. <laughs> they, oh, I thought the theme was blah blah blah. We're in a pandemic, <laughs> which also seems applicable. So my my department chair today said the theme is deep breaths. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, it's hard to get a deep breath in a mask, though. That is accurate. I have a new one that has like the built-in plastic in the front. Oh, nice. So that's kind of nice because yeah. when you take the deep breath in, the mask also doesn't go into your mouth. Yeah, I uh, ordered some. Lauren and I are both teachers uh, by trade and occupation <laughs> currently. Um, I ordered some small plastic cages that go inside my mask mm-hmm. and today was the first day piloting them Ooh, how was it um it was okay the mask i had had like a double layer so i could like slip it inside one layer oh. and then it was like in front of the other one so fabric was still getting sucked into my mouth but like only one ply mm-hmm. instead of the whole thing which mm-hmm. did feel better um, on my other masks, though, they don't have that, like, pocket, so it's just going to be, like, on my face, which I think might be a little sweaty, but we're making do. We're, like, we're figuring it out. You know, I never thought that masks would be something I had a strong opinion on, no. but I found I have many strong opinions yeah. about what masks I wear. Who I, knew? Uh, just, I mostly just feel like I have a lot of sensory needs. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't like how it feels. Or, like, oh, uh, I also am a, um, a mouth breather. Same, uh, same. pretty much solely my nose is pretty much just ornamental oh yeah like it's not really doing anything uh so anytime i'm talking uh in my mask or really just living uh there's just like a lot of air that's trying to come through the mask it's not really working and my glasses are fogging up it's been a learning curve it's been a kind of i would say disaster is not too strong a word <laughs> for what it's been i didn't think i wore my glasses like the whole first week of school but we're learning you know we're learning Right. This is your first week as a virtual teacher. 
Yes, it is. How is that going? It's Tuesday. We've done two days. <laughs> it feels like at least a month and two days, but it's oh, been yeah. two days. Yes. I mean, it's going as well as it could. It kind of just feels like, oh, that's something that happened. <laughs> but in reality, I literally sit in my classroom by myself and basically talk to myself. I say, do you feel like you're day. playing school? A little bit. Like when you were little and yeah. you'd be like, I'm the teacher. <laughs> I feel a little bit like a crazy person. I mean, my students, even we were having a discussion today, but they don't really want to unmute their mics and talk. So they just type in the chat. So I'm literally like reading their questions out loud in the chat and then responding to them. So I'm basically having a discussion with myself. That's nice. That's... But I mean, I feel like that's the best I can hope for. So we're, we're doing okay. We're doing it. Yeah. We're doing the thing. Yeah. People are still learning. It's yep. fine. Yep. Uh, at least your children are old enough to type things in the chat. <laughs> uh, my kids, when their mics aren't working, this was back in the spring, uh, they could do okay with typing by that time. Like, they, they were at the end of third grade, so the typing is really coming along. <laughs> but if my children now currently were uh, left to just put things in the chat, we would get nothing communicated. <laughs> because let me tell you, the typing is not a strength. <laughs> um, all right. So... Like I said, my guest today is Lauren Stewart. Last week, you got to hear her husband, Tom Stewart, share his story. Um, and now you will get to hear Lauren's. Um, also, in last week's episode, we talked about how uh, you and Tom are some of my favorite people. Oh, you're our favorite, too. Oh, that makes me feel good. <laughs> um, and how I was really excited to talk to you because I feel like even though I know a lot of the things that we're going to talk about or, like, I've I've heard you talk about them or, um, like, I've just picked it up as we've been in friendship with one another, we don't really have a lot of time to like talk about it like in yeah. full conversation. So it's going to be kind of nice to just sit down and chat about what God's done. That's pretty exciting. Um, so let's start off with just who are you to H2O? What do you do? What might people will see you doing? Um, how long have you been here? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so I was in the car right here. I was like, oh, I should probably think about how long I've been here. <laughs> All the years have really just uh, flown together. I think I calculated this is year seven. Is that right? You, you came here so. at the same time. Yes. I think okay, it will be. So we think, we well, think, I think it will year... be seven in 21. Yeah, so we're like starting year yeah, seven. Yeah, because I right think now. we came in we came 14. We came in 14. Yeah. So yes. whatever the math is on that, we came in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been here a while, not since the church started, but pretty close to when the church started. So mm -hmm. we came two years in. Um, I, it's kind of funny to say what my title is because I've always been the one who makes up the titles on the website. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Lauren names the children. She says what we do. Um, yeah, I've been the media director for a few years here now, though I've outsourced a lot of my media directing responsibilities, but I still do oversee like all the graphic design, uh, video coordinating, all that stuff. But what I've been focusing on more lately is uh, Sunday teams director. So just overseeing all the teams on Sunday morning, making sure Sunday mornings run smoothly and helping to develop our Sunday morning team leaders. Mm -hmm. And then lately, been doing the live stream, trying to figure all of that out. Mm -hmm. And I also sit on the board of directors. So you'll pretty much see me everywhere. Oh, and I'm also a life group leader. So 
you know, jack of all trades around here at H2O. <laughs> yeah, Lauren, a lot of Lauren's job descriptions fall into, like, the boots on the ground category of, like, when you need something done, you ask Lauren, and she will either uh, know how to do it and get it done immediately, or she will look into how to do it, get back with you shortly, and then get it done. <laughs> uh, she, is, she is the woman when you need a job done. It's one of the many things uh, that make you so easy to work with and make you one of my favorite people because I'm like, oh, yes, another person to get things done. Love that. That's right. Um, so a couple of disclaimers as we start to just talk through your story um, and through our, our whole story series. Um, the goal of this series is just to get to know our leadership team better um, and get to know our staff team a little bit better. Um, but we also think it's important to say that everyone's story is purposeful and meaningful, meaning that no stories fall into the good or bad category. Um, the fact that God has moved at all in anyone's life is awesome. And we celebrate, um, a diverse, uh, group of stories and a diverse group of people. Um, and then also that this is Lauren's, uh, view of her story at this point in her life. So it's just a snapshot. Stories are not linear and they do not always feel the same or sound the same in retelling. So this is just a view of how she feels about things right now. Um, but she may not always feel like that and that's okay because growth. That's right. So yeah, if in five years you want to redact all the things that okay, you no, said tomorrow, no. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow, if you want to redact all the things that you said, you know, feel free. You have that freedom. Um, so you want to talk about some of your first impressions of God? Maybe how old you were, what was happening in your life, along those lines. Yeah. So I actually I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My mom was kind of raised in the church, so I did have some exposure to the church in the form of one summer she took me and my brothers to vacation bible school and we had a great time sang a <laughs> bunch of songs the pastor played the electric guitar and we sang that pharaoh pharaoh song and i thought that was just yeah, the coolest thing ever <laughs> that he played the electric guitar um one time she took me to sunday school but they were rehearsing for the christmas pageant so oh. i just sat and watched so to be and to be honest like Christianity just kind of seemed like something that was a club that I wasn't a part of. Like, I remember everybody had their WWJD bracelets and their cross necklaces, and I was like, oh, I guess I, uh, I wasn't invited to that club. I wasn't invited to be a part of that. So I knew of a God, but that God wasn't somebody that I personally knew. I just felt kind of on the outside of it. Yeah. What, so like in those experiences, were those at the same, were the, was it the same church both times or was it No, it's actually a different, different church. church. It was yeah. both Lutheran churches because um, my mom grew up Lutheran. So I think that's just what she knew. It was just like every now and then she'd but be yeah. like, let's go to church. Yeah. I think yeah. she just felt that like she grew up in the church and she wanted us to maybe be a part of it. So yeah. it was just kind of on a whim. Yeah. Um, how did those like you said it felt like a club that you weren't a part of like did you did you feel just like uh like you weren't being you didn't feel like a participant you didn't feel like it was something that you could like actively participate in because you didn't have the you didn't have the background story that apparently everybody else did right right um but did that make you feel like isolated or did that make you feel curious or both or... Yeah, probably a little bit of both. I even remember being in high school a little older and thinking, you know, I'd like to check this church thing out. Like, I'd like to know what it's about. I remember even um, playing, like, orchestra things at a church. You know, someone asked me to play for a church service or in a wedding or something. And so always being around these people who mm -hmm. went to church. But, I mean, as a high schooler who doesn't really have any friends who are Christians, 
and there's so many churches, you know, it's just overwhelming right. to think, let me just walk into mm-hmm. this church by myself and Well, so if your parents about. aren't going, like, right. literally, what are you going to do? Like, drive yourself there and then sit by yourself? Yeah, and... that's just, it seemed way too daunting to me to explore. Yeah. So I was definitely curious, but, uh, yeah, I was too Didn't scared to... There, was no, there were no yeah. avenues. There, yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I feel like uh, the idea of you just, like, independently going to a church and sitting by yourself makes me so sad. <laughs> Because I just think of that, like, for so many people, like, uh, like Gretchen was sharing in her story, that that was really a time, like, for her family, that they would go together. It was a mm-hmm. thing that they did, like, as a family every Sunday. And, like, yeah, without that, like, what what avenues do you have? You right. don't have any. Like, right. unless, you know, you do some kind of, like, programming at school or something. Um, so, would you say that... So that's kind of like the the mindset that you went into college with, whereas like yeah. you had been curious previously, mm-hmm. but there really didn't seem like there were any avenues. And then you go to college, and then what? Yeah, so I got really lucky. Um, my move-in weekend, a girl that I went to high school with, she was a year older than me. I ran into her on campus, and she invited me to H two O, and introduced me to some of her H two O friends as well. And again, like I said, I was curious. So I was mm-hmm. like. Okay, well, you know, I'll check it out. Someone invited me. This is pretty low pressure. Like, I have someone to walk with. Let's go check it out. And so that first Sunday, I lived on campus, a freshman. I remember walking over to the student union with Stephanie and walking into H2O, and it was just not at all what I expected a church Mm -hmm. to be. I mean, the few church experiences I had had were in pretty traditional, like, Lutheran or Methodist churches, Mm -hmm. and I had walked into a contemporary college church full of college students just there were young people around yeah Yeah. just I mean just freely worshiping the Lord and I could just I could just feel a presence there I could Mm -hmm. feel that something was different this it was not what I expected but it felt like it was what I was looking for and I Mm -hmm. kept coming back I came to life group Mm -hmm. um I got involved in the well my friend Stephanie ended up being my 112 partner and yeah I mean the rest is history from there but it just took one that one invite yeah. to get me in the door to have someone I was comfortable mm-hmm. to go with. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's like twofold. It's like the power of an invite mm-hmm. of just saying like, do you want to come with me? Which is awesome. But it's also kind of like, uh, like, um, a testament to like the power of the Holy spirit that you like walked in and you were immediately like, Whoa, yeah. this feels different. Like there's some, there's some feeling here. There's some vibe here that like, I, I want more of it or it feels like it feels good like that feels like a thing that I want to I want I also want to do whatever they're doing yeah, like yeah that's that's really cool I like that I always feel like I would say that the Lord was working in my life long before I knew it I mean I did not want to go to BG yeah. it was the bottom of my list both my I parents feel like that is like everyone's story <laughs> everyone's story starts with I didn't want to go to Bowling Green <laughs> It's just something about it, you know? You're like, I don't want to go. I don't want to settle for Bowling Green. But little did I know, the Lord had plans for me. That was where I was meant to be. And so I ended up going to Bowling Green because they gave me the most scholarship money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, that's where I met the Lord. It changed my life going to Bowling Green. So I know that he was working in my life long before I knew him. Yeah, like he had laid out this whole path for you. Yeah, which is just crazy when you look back at it. You can't see the big picture when you're in it. Oh, no. But, you know, looking back, you're like, wow, that's so crazy that the Lord cared so much about me. 
mm-hmm. that he laid out this whole plan mm-hmm. for me, this whole path. And even like, yeah, and even before those days of like deciding where to go to school or to say yes to Stephanie that week or, you know, like all those little mm-hmm. things, like even before that, like with little Lauren walking into church and feeling <laughs> like this is a club that I'm not a part of, like to think that like he had his eyes on you at, at that time too. And he yeah. saw you and was like, no, like I love you. Like I have plans for you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm working it out. Like that's pretty miraculous actually um so would you say that you have like a specific conversion moment yeah when i was conversion is kind of like a loaded question but i remember thinking about this when i was listening to uh matt's interview on yes and you know a specific moment doesn't stick out in my mind because i feel like as a christian i mean i'm sure there was a specific moment like you know when i first accepted christ but i feel like as a christian you you have to consciously do that every day. Yeah. You know, it's not just like you pray one prayer and you're like, I'm a Christian now and everything's mm-hmm. great. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I consciously have to like accept God into my heart every day. And yeah. Consciously acknowledge him like as my Lord and Savior literally every day. So mm-hmm. I think it just feels so natural to do that. Yeah. Like that's just how I want to orient my heart on a daily basis, not just as a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. But I do think that um, I kind of view like the day I was baptized mm-hmm. for me as like when I really became a Christian, not that baptism has any, I'm going to use the word salvific. Whoa! <laughs> not that baptism has any salvific power. But, this is but, a word that Lauren and I learned right. while at a panel. We may or may not have Googled it to see if it was a real word. I didn't believe it was a Turns real word. Turns out but it apparently is. it is. So I'm going to use it. And now we use it. That's right. Because <laughs> that's what learning is. <laughs> Um, yeah, but just because that's the day that I, you know, publicly declared that yeah. this is what I believe. So mm-hmm. that was April 18th, 2008. Yeah. So like that date is very memorable p- to me. So even though that's, you know, not the first time that I mm-hmm. accepted Christ, I would, in my mind, that's kind of like really when I solidified my faith. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's too, it's like, uh, one of those things of you grow in your understanding of the gospel, like there's there's a there's that moment of like first hearing it and feeling like the light bulb like first mm-hmm. came on but then like in every day since then you've grown in your understanding of like who God is and oh, yeah, what absolutely. the gospel actually means and like what it actually looks like to actually believe and like do things and if you don't feel like you're growing in that understanding or deepening that understanding then i would say that like something is probably like something's probably not great uh and that it's not necessarily about that light bulb moment but it's about all the moments following that light bulb moment where it's like oh look at that all i can like see now like Mm -hmm. i get it like it finally clicked into place like you had all the tools you needed to be a part of that club that you didn't feel like you were a part of previously like that's really cool um so what would you say Um, were like some next steps that were helpful to you in navigating like this new decision? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of dove in head first. That's really my personality is I just, I I go all the way. Like it's all or nothing with me. I don't really have a middle ground. (laughs) (laughs) For better or for worse. Right, exactly. I'm either doing things or not doing things. I'm just a dive into the deep end person. Yes. So I got involved in a life group, which Mm -hmm. is where I met a lot of the people that I'm still friends with today. I got involved in The Well. I mentioned that earlier that Stephanie ended up being my 112 partner. And that was really huge just to have Mm -hmm. um, someone who was a little bit older than me, was a little bit more mature in their faith, Mm -hmm. to just mentor me and Mm -hmm. teach me what it looks like to live as a Christian, to like help me find 
uh, community as a Christian, both mm-hmm. of those things, life group and the well, were both um, amazing for that. So I feel like those are the two biggest first steps I took because mm-hmm. I just got involved with people who were also Christians and I let people mentor me. Mm-hmm. Like I just hung out with older people who were willing to teach me what it looks like to live a life following Christ. Mm-hmm. Did did that feel like a, I guess this is kind of similar to the question I asked before, like, did that feel like a curious time or like an isolating time? Because like, I feel like when you don't grow up in the church, like you're kind of like starting a new legacy, like starting with you, like from me on, I would like, you know, my family and my life to look a certain way that previously it has not looked, you know? So what did that time feel like? Yeah, I think it was definitely a really curious time. I just remember like really uh, just diving into the Bible, trying to learn as much as I could. Mm-hmm. There are definitely times when not growing up in the church is isolating. Mm. I like to joke around that whenever people <laughs> start singing the Sunday school songs with the hand motions, I'm just over here like flapping my arms like a bird. Like, <laughs> I don't know the motions or the words. I didn't go to Sunday school. But I think those moments are pretty few and far between. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I was definitely just really excited to, to jump in and to live this life. Yeah. Well, and, and those times kind of motivated you to kind of like get involved in some of the specific ministries that you were involved in, you know, early yeah. on and now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always joke that that first day that Stephanie invited me to church, her friend Amber was with her and Amber invited me to join the media team the first day I met her. <laughs> like I'd never set foot in a church before. And she's like, want to join this team? And it's funny because, you know, here we are. Uh, 13 years later, still on the media team. (laughs) Still teaching people the words to songs. That's right. That's great. Um, Again, you know, highly invitational. Maybe a little too invitational, like day one. Like, hey, do you want to be a part of this team? But, I mean, it didn't seem to scare you, so. I'm always down with something to do. She probably sensed that. She's like, this girl wants to do something. (laughs) So in those moments that did feel, like, a little bit isolating, is there something that you, like, found helpful to, like, remind yourself or tell yourself? Or do you just, like, wait for us paths? I, like, I try to be a pretty confident person. You know, it's all, it's hard to be confident all the time, but um, I do feel like I know myself pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I am able to remind myself of truths about myself. Mm-hmm. And so I just remind myself, like, no, like, I am capable. Mm-hmm. I am smart. I mm-hmm. am loved. Like, mm-hmm. I have friends. I belong. Mm-hmm. And so just reminding myself of those things in those isolating times, yeah, I think is the most helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I I feel like, too, you offer the unique perspective, and I'm often thankful for this, of, like, when we are trying to, like, plan things or when we're talking about, like, the best way to welcome in new people, maybe people who weren't raised in the church or don't have a lot of, like, of that background knowledge. Like, I feel like um, because that is your experience, mm-hmm. you're quick to be like, well, like, let's think about this or let's, you know, provide this help or, you know, give people more context of what we're talking about. And like, you have that like perspective, which I think is pretty unique. Um, yeah, I am. I feel like I am oftentimes the only person at the table who didn't grow up in the church mm-hmm. and that doesn't feel isolating. That feels mm-hmm. like, wow, God's put me in this position mm-hmm. to be the person with this experience. Yeah. And to now be able to advocate. Right. And be like, exactly. You know, not everybody comes with the same level of understanding of all these things. Mm-hmm. And like, let's not do things that are isolating or weird or <laughs> right, right. hard to understand if you're brand new and coming in with no background knowledge for what's happening. Um, that's great. So, 
Um, let's talk about, so that was your freshman year. So that was a while ago at this point. Yeah, let's not, well, I, I think I already said how many years <laughs> the, ago it was earlier, but we'll pretend that didn't happen. Math is really not important to this podcast. Right. Um, it's, not a, it's not a core value of this podcast. It's good. I've, I've done a lot of thinking today, a lot of mathing today. I'm about done with it. That's good. Um, I teach third grade, so I only have to know math up to <laughs> third grade level, and that's good for everyone involved. Um, but in all that time... We, you know, our hope is that we're still learning, we're still growing. What do you feel like recently God has been teaching you? Which is kind of a very big open question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like we've all probably learned something during this crazy 2020 time. Mm-hmm. I think of what God's been teaching me, I just think of the word simplify. Mm. I think before um, COVID hit really hard and we all got sent home and into quarantine, Tom and I were probably like living our craziest schedule we have ever lived. I mean, I, there was rarely a week where we were both home on the same Mm. night between work and church. And I coach a science Olympiad team and community orchestra. And like, literally it was every night was something Mm -hmm. and it was crazy. And I was so tired. Like, I don't even think I realized how tired I was until everything just stopped. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not just like a physical tire either. Oh, like, no. Your yeah. soul was, is tired. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. I was just so mentally, so emotionally mm-hmm. tired. Um, even just like drained on decision making, you know, mm-hmm. all that. It's, it was a lot. We have two kids. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, and so when everything stopped, obviously first it was crazy and super hard to be at home doing a full-time job with two toddlers trying to type on my computer every chance they got. But once everything kind of fell into place and we got into a routine, mm-hmm. it was nice. Like yeah. I felt like I could breathe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Lord was like, this is what I want from you. Yeah. Like, simplify. Your life mm-hmm. doesn't need to be this crazy mess mm-hmm. of running from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this in this time, I've just been simplifying. Mm-hmm. Simplified my schedule at work. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hesitant to do it when I was asked but I was like, no, this is great. Like the Lord gave me this opportunity to simplify my schedule at work. I'm going to take it. That's what I yes. need this year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So my work schedule is simplified. Um, took the opportunity to not be in community orchestra this year, which mm-hmm. I love playing, but it was a great thing to simplify. Right. You know, there's just all these little things where I've been able to just simplify my life. And I feel like the Lord is putting opportunities for me to say yes, or mm-hmm. in some cases say no. No. Right. Yeah. You know, to just simplifying and it just, it feels good. It feels good to simplify. Yeah. I feel like I have been in a similar rhythm lately too of like, um, yeah, when initially everything shut down, it did not feel good. No. It was just like, oh no, no oh no, no. Uh, everything is just not going to happen. Like that, and that's okay. Like all this is just made up. <laughs> Work is made up. Like everything's made up. Okay, great. My whole life is a lie. Right. <laughs> like it was just. So that was like not a great feeling, but yeah, I, I agree. Like it, we, I feel like we all like fell into a rhythm of like, okay, like days don't have to be dictated by the things that like have to get done mm-hmm. that like you can exist and you can like fill a whole day in like with no time limits with no, you know, like restraints of like, you know, previously if like a task took three times as long as it needed to, my frustration level would be like through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we are very similar in this way. We like to be efficient. Yes. We like to uh, get things done quickly and orderly. And when that doesn't happen, it's very hard to have a normal response to that 
But then it that was all like, accurate. <laughs> you're like, that does sound like I me. feel very seen. <laughs> <laughs> but like in those times, I was like, okay, so it takes three times longer than it needs to. Who cares? You have the whole day. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So that was like a nice, like that felt simple. It was just like, you can just live and be and have it be fine. But in the restarting of things, how are you dealing with like, I guess, you know, you said you feel like you're giving up, being given opportunities to say yes and no, but are you dealing with any amount of like anxiety of like the things feel like, like, I feel like my basket's getting refilled back up and that doesn't feel great either. Like, I feel like I'm restarting and I'm trying to like get going again, but then I'm like, oh no, there's so many things that are back here that I wasn't ready to be back here. Like, I don't, I don't know. It feels like a weird balance. Like, how are you feeling in that? Um... To be honest, I feel like I felt a lot of stress because plans, especially at work, kept changing oh, a yeah. lot. We did not know what was going on. <laughs> You'd fill your basket and then probably have to empty it. <laughs> but in some way, that kind of taught me to just be like, well, we'll just see what happens today. And we'll deal with today. And we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. And I feel like that's just kind of how I have to live my life right now because yeah. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what the plan is going to be next week. It could be the same. It could be different. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be okay with that. Yeah. So I'm doing as much as I can to, you know, be efficient and to prepare ahead, but to not get too ahead of myself mm-hmm. because that whole plan could just get thrown out at any yeah. point in time. Yeah. And God will still be God. Yeah, exactly. And the world will and, still yeah. turn. And, and I feel like he showed me that over and over again during this time is that mm-hmm. as many plans as I want can be thrown out mm-hmm. and God will still be God. Yeah. And God will still work through it. I mean, that's the same with our church. Like we had a lot of plans uh, before the school year started for yeah. what H2O is going to look like. And a lot of those plans didn't work out for us, but God mm-hmm. is still God and he's still good and he still provides. Like, oh yeah, we do the work and he provides. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of had to sit back and just like watch for his hand. Yeah, you know, he's, totally. He's doing things. He's moving. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't look like what we thought it no. would, but it doesn't mean he's not here. Right. Yeah. And those are kind of some of the best like blessings anyway, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's easy to plan. It's easy to, to think like, okay, I want this, this, and this, and I want it to go this way. And I want these people to do this thing. Um, and then when that does kind of happen, it, it feels good, but it's kind of like expected. But I feel like the Lord's teaching all of us right now. Like, I'm going to bless you in unexpected ways. I'm going to bless yeah. you when you're not, like, when you don't think it, this is going to be okay. <laughs> when you're trapped in your house with two toddlers. And, yes. <laughs> and deeply questioning the life choices that brought you to this spot. That like, did happen. I will eventually show you that this will be a blessing. And that, like, you'll be blessed by it. They'll be blessed by it. Like, your marriage will be blessed by it. Uh, even though that seemed unlikely for yeah. many days. No, it's, it's seriously, it's all true. It's crazy to look at. Tom and I talk about that. We look at where we were in March versus where we were um, in August, right before the boys went back to daycare and we started school again. And I mean, it's like we're a different family from March to August. And it was great in August. Like, man, we had the routine set. We were home every day with those kids for like six months, which previous to March, I would have told you there is no way on earth I would ever be able to survive that. But like, not only were we surviving, we were thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody like fell in and Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was good for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I worry about the things that it will take to teach us things. And I worry about the uh, extremeness that it takes for me to gain new information and learn new things and grow. You're like, oh no, if I don't learn this lesson now, what will happen next? What will happen now? I've already been charged in my house for five months. What's next? Um, 
Yeah, that's so good. Um, so let's talk about some heroes of faith for you. So these can be people that you know in your real life, or they can be people that you just know of or that you follow. Feel free to say whatever you'd like. <laughs> um, okay, so obviously the first person who comes to mind, you could probably guess, is Tammy Smith. I knew you were going to say Tammy Smith. <laughs> you know Tammy Smith is my girl. Um, yeah, anyone who's ever been to Women's Week or Tammy Smith has spoken knows that every word that comes out of her mouth it's just like it just Anointed. cuts to the heart. <laughs> Anointed yes. Yes. from like, the Lord. It's just meant for you somehow. Yeah. She just speaks right to your heart. Like, every time, no matter what she says, it's just, it is for me. Like, I, the Lord has blessed her with a gift. Yeah. But I also feel like, honestly, I'm just really lucky to be surrounded by amazing people who are here to serve. Everyone on this Toledo team is like a hero of the faith to be like you are a hero of the faith to be you show up every day as a volunteer like you speak truth into my life into the life of other women I'm pretty like emotionally constipated I at this know. point <laughs> you might make me cry he might be the thing <laughs> but yeah i mean like i i look at matt oh and yeah. he's just someone who's like the most patient person oh, yeah. i've ever met and he's just our all this crazy stuff has happened mm-hmm. in our church this year over mm-hmm. the years and he's just like the Never steady panicking. rock yes that, Keeps us all going. Yeah. And his wife, Gretchen. Yeah. I mean, that woman could pray for anything and it would happen. Like, she, it's her true. faith could literally move mountains. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Like, I look at my husband, Tom, and I don't think I've ever met anyone who loves to learn as mm-hmm. much about the word of God as he does. I mean, he is constantly listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. listening to audiobooks, just always digesting mm-hmm. new information mm-hmm. and learning so much and i'm lucky because he like learns it and then he breaks it down and he tells and me about it you. so Aww, then i learn beautiful. really cool stuff but then i don't have to listen to it's hours the, and hours yeah, of you, audiobooks you can just get the footnotes right exactly i get like the spark notes of everything he learns that's but, beautiful yeah i just think that's awesome i i feel like i'm very lucky to be on a team of people for a long time that i've been really inspired by Aww. oh we love that <laughs> All right, so if you could give your early days following Jesus' self some advice, what would it be? Oh, I think this, I feel like this advice to me in my early days is the same as the advice it would be to me now, because, you know, there are some things about you that just don't change. Like, I feel like (laughs) I, uh, I was thinking about this, you know, whenever I take a personality test, my personality is uh, fairly clear. I'm like an Enneagram A, a Myers-Briggs, <laughs> INTJ, uh, Strengths Quest, Command Achiever. <laughs> just like any really strong word you can think of. Right. That's what Lauren's told that she is over right. and over again. I just, I get stuff done. Yeah. yeah. what I do. But um, in being that person who's like a natural achiever, who gets stuff done, that very easily becomes my identity. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has taught me on many occasions that that is not my identity and that my worth does not come from what I am able to accomplish. And I think especially in my early years of college, um, just being always having been a good student and now coming to college where it's just a bigger pond Mm -hmm. and then changing, trying to balance this idea of being a Christian and Mm -hmm. also still being a really good student. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I would just told myself to just be easier on myself and I'm not Mm -hmm. defined by um, my grades. I'm Mm -hmm. not defined by what I can accomplish. Mm -hmm. I think had I learned that lesson Mm -hmm. earlier in life and it's, you know, I tell this to my students now all the time as a teacher, but 
as a student, it took me a long time to learn that I'm not defined by a number. Yeah. And I think that probably, you know, had an effect on my beginning of my walk with the Lord was just, again, not seeing myself solely in my value to the Lord, but uh, seeing myself by my value by what I can accomplish. And when you're in mm-hmm. school, that value is your grades. Right. When you get older as an adult, you know, that value is what you do for your job. Yeah. So I think I learned that lesson a lot just in different areas of my life. Right now, it's like my value as a parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no matter what phase of your life you're in, it seems like uh, the lesson changes, but it's really still the same. Yeah. That is a really hard lesson to learn. <laughs> I would I would question that anybody who has said they have fully learned it and are executing it is a dirty, <laughs> dirty liar. Because I don't, I don't know how that's possible. And yeah. if, if that person's out there, if you're listening... Uh, you're welcome to come on the pod and explain to us <laughs> how we also get there. Right, help us achievers. Help, yeah, help us achievers to know that uh, nobody's grading you and nobody cares. Um, that was one of the most shocking things about transitioning to adulthood is just looking around and being like, really? Nobody cares? Nobody right. cares? Okay, great. Nobody cares. And you're always looking for the person who does care. Like, who can I impress? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who's going to give I'll me my grade? A, I'll find a new person that cares. Right. Or Yeah. Uh, that is really hard. And... I will say, uh, if you ever go back to school, you'll be amazed at how quickly those things rise back up in you. Because I went to grad school after graduating from undergrad. I took a year off, and then I dove back in, and I was like, this is going to be different. You're a different person now. You've grown. You know things about yourself. That's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. You're going to be fine. And let me tell you, that first assignment, I was tip-typing away, and I was like, I will get an A. I will succeed. And it, it just it was all back, and I was yep. like, oh, no. Oh, no, we've learned nothing. We've learned nothing. Um, I've learned a lot about that from you, actually. <laughs> Um, I feel like you are quick to remind yourself and you are quick to remind me that those things do not matter and that uh, God is not up in heaven with his grade book going, oh no, Lauren, you messed up. That will be the minus. <laughs> oh my gosh, in elementary school, I had uh, a music teacher who would, um, she when she would get upset at you, she would clap and then she'd go down five. And apparently it was, it meant points, but we were um, in elementary school, especially in specials, you're not graded with a grade. So there were no points. Like what? points are kind of made up anyway. Yeah, especially, points are totally made up. Oh, especially, that's like another podcast discussion. Is, points are made up. Points, they don't matter. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back uh, in another podcast episode where we only talk about Sarah's race grading. <laughs> and only you, Tom, and I will be interested. <laughs> um, but anyway, she would go, she would clap and she'd go down five. And, uh... It, and I, I was always so confused because I never knew what that meant, but it felt scary. Like, I was like, oh, no, she took five points away from me, even though the points were made up. And I feel like we can kind of treat God like that. Like, he's clapping at us and be like, down five. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it's not the way that any of this works. Right. Like, it right. wasn't the way that that music class worked. It's not the way that life works. <laughs> like, it's just, it is, we're not on a points-based system. Thank goodness. Nobody <laughs> should be clapping at us and yelling things. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so funny. All right, so my last question, which I feel like we've kind of touched on, um, but I kind of want to ask you in the context of you have this whole other job that you do that you get paid for that pays your bills. That is true. Um, uh, And uh, what's it called when – I can't remember. I was going to make like an old-timey housewife joke for Tom, like keeps Tom in the – but I can't and remember the what the thing is. So what you think yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. But there's like a specific thing, like uh, to you talk about, like keeping your wife in the. I can't think of it. Anyway, 
my joke is ruined. Anyways, <laughs> but like, why do you still choose to be a part of this Y College ministry? Yeah. Why do this on top of your other job? Why? Well, <laughs> why? <laughs> um, one of the big reasons this college ministry is the only type of ministry I've ever known. Like, that is church for me. I know no other type of church besides besides college ministry. So I have a hard time even imagining myself mm-hmm. in a college church. There was a time when Tom and I were still living in BG where we were deciding, do we want to stay with college ministry or do we want to go to a community church? Mm-hmm. And we went to a community church for a few times and it was fine. Like there's totally nothing wrong with the community church, but we both just felt like one, we felt like we wanted a church plant. Like the Lord was calling us to be on a church plant. Didn't think it'd be Toledo at the time. Who knew the Lord has crazy plans. Well, Gretchen Olszewski was praying, so, like, <laughs> so things un- unbeknownst to any of us, right. Gretchen was praying. <laughs> yeah, and so um, for us, we just felt like we have gifts. We were trained at H2O, you know, H2O trained us to, yeah. to have gifts, to be able to take those gifts out in the world, and we felt like we were called to college ministry, and for me, college ministry changed my life. I mean, it literally changed my life, and so I see the impact that college ministry has and the importance of college ministry. I mean, we have this very short time frame in which we get to impact the lives of students mm-hmm. who are going to go all around the country, all mm-hmm. around the world and spread the gospel. I mean, it's really hard. It's not an easy job. It is not for the faint of heart to be in college ministry. Um, your church gets recycled every four years. You get attached to these people and then they leave. And they leave you. <laughs> it's awesome because they go off and do amazing things and they spread yes. the gospel other yeah. in other places. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel like it's our calling, at least for me and Tom, like we feel like we've been called to just help equip students. Yeah. You know, I, I can't see myself anywhere other than college ministry. I think, and even as a teacher, like, I feel like I have the skill set to, mm-hmm. to work with college students. You know, i got to stay young. I work with high school students. I work with college <laughs> stay students. Stay fresh. Yeah, exactly. What do they call it in school? Withitness? Yeah, with it. That's actually I a, keep my, that's a real thing. It's uh, in textbooks, that's people. A, yeah, that's it a is term that Lauren and I were taught in education classes. It's in textbooks. It's very hyphenated. It's called withitness. That's a it's thing. How you, it's how you keep it fresh. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think that's great. And I'm very glad that you decided to plant your flag here and invest your life and your time here. Uh, I have certainly benefited from it. <laughs> so, you don't know, Rachel was homeless, and we said, come was, with us to well, Toledo. I was, we'll give you a home. I was pre-homeless. That's true, you were pre-homeless. The homelessness was coming. <laughs> And at one Even during one conversation in a parking lot, I said, "Oh no, no, I'm going to be homeless." And Lauren was like, "You don't have to be homeless. You can come live with us." And I was like, "That sounds like a great plan. I will do that." And then we all came to Toledo, and it was great. It was I feel like great. that was that's time that I look back on and I think, "Wow, that was really hard, and it was a lot of transition in a lot of areas, but we did it." And I also look back on it very fondly. Too. Those are good times. The neighbor kids did think you were homeless, though. The neighbor kids did think that I was just like a vagrant that they yeah. invited to live with them, and they'd be like, they could never really quite piece together who I was. Mm-hmm. Which you know what? It's fine. I like to keep an air of mystery. That's fair. Um, those children don't need to know who I am. Um, I feel like your your current children are also very confused about my role in your life. Um, and I'm sometimes I'm just a recurring character. I'm sometimes there. I'm sometimes not there. And if you're not there, they are concerned about where you are, and they say. Warren, 
don't bother Rachel. She's driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always, when I'm not with them, I'm just always out driving around. Yeah, or you're at your house. Lauren, Rachel's at her house. <laughs> this is just, this just comes out of nowhere. They just tell me this. I'm like, oh, okay. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Um, like I said, I feel uh, very grateful to get to know you and to be one of your people. And um, yeah, that's all. Uh, Ian has been doing the outro, so I am going to just make things up. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to contact us, you can email us at lovepodloverockets at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have questions or comments or ideas for future episodes. Um, we also, um, H2O Toledo can be found across all social media platforms, mostly at H2O Toledo. I think Facebook is at the University of Toledo or H2O, the University of Toledo. Um, and you can find out more about our ministry there and you can also find links to this podcast and other episodes. Um, and we hope that you have a good week. Bye. Bye.